You're listening to The Above the Mug Show, a podcast that highlights people whose passions drive their life. My name is Lucas Spinoza, and I own a coffee shop. Every day I meet dozens of interesting people, and today I sit down with one of them to inspire you to live your life passion forward. What is going on, everybody? It's your friend, Lucas Spinoza, coming at you from my office inside of the Black Sheep Lounge right here in the heart of Welland, Ontario. You are listening to Above the Mug, a podcast that highlights positive people. We're here to show you how you can live your life passion forward using what you love. Today, joined by an incredible special guest. Incredibly special guest. See, I told him 20% of the time I screw up this intro. <laughs> I told him this is going to be the time. Anyway, an incredibly special guest, Chris Illich. He's the owner and founder of The Sound, which is a monthly arts and culture newspaper, which is awesome. You've probably seen it everywhere cool in the Niagara region. Please help me welcome Chris. How are you doing? Hey, Lucas. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me out here today. It means of course. A lot. Awesome, man. Usually I'm on the other side of uh, the other side of the mug, I guess, you know, just uh, usually I'm the one to be asking the questions, not sitting here as a guest, you know? Absolutely. That's why uh, we were talking about this before we, we got on, uh, went live here. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit is what's the process like for you, for someone who every month trying to come up with content, finding new stories, finding new people to highlight or new projects of, of the same people to highlight. Do you ever find that process to be difficult trying to rein in the talent every month? Um, Yes and no. I feel like, um, to be completely honest with you, it feels like I kind of uh, live in like a perpetual Groundhog Day, but it's like instead of a day, it's a month. And I just do the same Mm -hmm. thing every month. You know, you go out, you create, you go deliver it, you sit back, you kind of try your best to keep focused and keep working and then you make it again and you go deliver it. And it's this weird process of a job where it's like, you know, you don't show up every day to work, to work. Um, So in that respect, it's kind of weird, but the content is is unbelievably easy. Cool. There's so much going on here in Niagara that I have no problem finding six or seven or eight things to kind of focus on in a month. And yeah, you try your best to, you know, do them justice, do them good justice, because these are people out there doing great things in our community. And there's there's honestly, there's, there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've noticed that uh, since I started this, I don't know, Maybe it wasn't like this maybe five years ago, but I've been noticing you can tell how much is going on because there are so many different news outlets doing so many different things, featuring so many different people all the time now. And I don't know if it's like a fight for content or anything like that. You know, you want to be the first person to kind of publish something about something Mm -hmm. cool or something like that. But yeah, there's there's an overwhelming amount of content for sure. Uh, overwhelming amount of things happening here in Niagara every month. And it's, it's unbelievable to sit, sit back and watch. I think you have with the sound, I think you have a monopoly on interesting. Uh, and the reason I say that is there's a lot, as you said, a lot of content providers, people that are collecting what's going on in the area and they're putting it out there. And there is a bit of a war trying to get it out there first, but your borders are a lot broader and you allow a lot more people to be highlighted. Like even this month's edition for February, you've got D-Boy in there, right? Those guys would be hard pressed to get mainstream press. They get some for sure. Amazing band, right? These guys are killing it. But to get that level of detail and, and be as creative with the article as, as you got it, um, it just shows um, how unique what you do is. Um, and, and I think anyone who hasn't picked up the sound yet needs to do that. If you don't live in the area, you got to check it out online. We'll do all the plugs at the end. Um, but it's amazing, uh, how much you can discover in, you know, in a newspaper. It really is. Um, the, the one thing that was funny is actually we had a customer come in, 
uh, a couple days ago and they picked up the sound and they went up to the bar and they said to Waylon who was working they're like Waylon do you know uh, Christy Palace she's gonna be playing in you know I think it's in the states at the Seneca if, does that it's sound at right? the Seneca Queen Theater in Niagara oh, Falls. Oh, okay. Opposite. Yeah. At the Seneca Queen Theater in Niagara Falls. And Waylon's like, yeah, I know who she is. I'm playing with her at that show. And it was just cool to see how, you know, how music and the sound, and then obviously with the Black Sheep, all of these three individual things are pulling people together and, and promoting something local and special. So I thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the, the whole thing is like um, – there's so many people creating here in Niagara, and it's such a amazing space to witness it all. But there, there aren't a lot of cohesive ways to kind of pull it all together and create that sense of community. And I'm really happy to, to have create something that I think does really capture that and brings people together, brings people into one space. Or you know, it's all about the promotion of great things happening. And mm. and the more people, the more eyes you can get focusing on people creating things. Not necessarily what I'm creating, but you know the artists or musicians or entrepreneurs or whatever it is, uh, that just makes our community so much better. And I think that, you know, that's one of the main reasons you do it is to kind of, like I grew up in music and in living in this kind of scene and to maintain it through my adult years was really important to me. And that's really one of the re- main reasons why I started The Sound. That's really cool. So like, How long you been doing it for? So I'm coming up on five years this June. That's awesome. But, you know, I grew up playing music. I grew up um, being a big part of, uh, not a big part, but like grew up volunteering all the time at the Niagara Artist Center mm-hmm. and different places like this, always trying to go to events, always trying to do this and that and the other. And I'm so happy that now, you know, I get invited to go to events. You know, it's yep. not so much me trying to figure out what I'm going to do tonight. It's like, oh, there's three things and I got to kind of figure one out. For sure. And I'm glad you mentioned that because this is a common theme with a lot of the guests on this podcast, whether it's with you through music or if it's a skateboarder at different shops or at different events. The whole point of the matter is in order to progress, people need to know you exist, right? So showing up, volunteering, being there, always asking questions, always asking to be involved, right? Donating your time, donating your talent, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, whatever that you're able to offer, eventually you know, if you have something special, someone is going to say, okay, well, we want this, this person involved, right? They, uh, and same thing happened with you, right? Instead of now saying, hey, man, can I cover your event? They're like, man, we got to get Chris down here, right? We have to have Chris come down here and cover this event. Uh, we ran into each other literally a couple days ago at an event, right? I was checking out this cool local thing, this art show, and you're in there. And it, like you're everywhere, everywhere there's something cool going on in, in the region or further, you're there. Uh, and I think that's a testament to the work that you've put in and it's not easy. Um, I did the same thing myself when it came to community work, right? I was, I was showing up at these different boards and committees, watching people, going to council and watching and asking questions and uh, asking f- uh, to provide input if I was allowed to. Uh, and eventually they started coming to me and saying, you know what, we want you on this board. We want you in this committee. And then... You know, here I am now doing politics, which I never thought I'd be doing in a million years, a million. So um, it's really cool to see how many people who are successful or they have a project that's doing really well. And it's because of how much they put themselves out there. And it's really cool for me to see as an outsider to what you do, because you're promoting. That's almost exclusively what you promote is people who are also doing that, who are putting themselves out there. They're using their passions uh, to be successful. And so really you've been doing, uh, you're, you've been doing what I'm doing right now with this podcast for five years, which is so cool. Yeah. And if you look at the list of the people that you've had on this 
podcast, you know, they've also been featured in the sound as yep. well. You know, like, yeah, you just said Jess Wilson. Yeah. David Green, Mark Lalama, Ricky Pridmore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I, there's a lot of people on the list that, uh, you know, I've never met and never discovered before. But, you know, it's it's you can tell that there are people doing great things out there and you just want to help. And it, and it is like uh, up until this year and maybe the first year that I did it because I got a subsidy through Nyer mm-hmm. College. Um, there was a good three years where like the sound did not make any money. Mm-hmm. And so to like kind of slog it through for just to keep doing it, you know, it was, it was really tough for me. And, you know, I worked at uh, the Four Point Sheridan. I work at Brock University. Right now I got a job at the LCBO mm-hmm. because you need to find a way to make things work so that you can uh, do your passion. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I may not be creating art in the truest sense or anything like that, but I definitely learned and empathize with people because I am like without the, the graciousness of my parents and my partner's parents, you know, I am a starving artist Yep. and, uh, and you know, it is, it is, it's very humbling to, you know, finally start to see some, uh, sort of reward from it as well, which is really cool. Like it's just short of five years and now I'm starting to get asked more, mm-hmm. getting asked for rate sheets more, getting, you know, maybe I don't make a sale every month or, or a new sale every month, but I can see it. I can see it's it growing. growing. Yeah. I can see it growing. I can feel it growing every single day, every, and you know. That's amazing to think that print media, you started within the past five years and it's growing and starting to make money is unheard of because some really established uh, print media is dying, right? So to see you on the upswing, killing it, man, and and not doing what's traditional, I think that's what is helping, right? People know it's genuine. When they read it, they're getting something real. They're not reading something that was put through the filter 22 times to make sure that it fits with that week's theme and whatever. You're just giving them, you know, exactly what whatever artist you're interviewing or whatever restaurant you're featuring or whatever book is being released. You're giving them exactly uh, what you're hearing and what you're feeling from it. And, and that's a really cool thing. I wanted to ask you, um, just came popped in my head while I was saying that, was how big of a part is non-musician components of the sound? Are you starting to find that more and more people are interested in in some of the food columns and in the book releases and things like that? Yeah, I have noticed. And and it's all based on... um, So, like I said, for for many years, the sound did not make any money. So the the content was developed uh, mostly by me, but also through writers who want to write about what they're passionate about as well. Yep. And so because there's no money, it's all volunteer based. And so I don't hold any judgments or anything about what those writers want to write about. You know, if they're not good, I find a way to kind of filter them out. Yeah. But if they're good and they want to write about, you know, the new restaurant that just opened or an art exhibit or politics or whatever, if they're good writers and they're nice people, and they want to contribute to the sound, I, I'm very happy. And that's, you know, something I'm very happy to plug, saying that if you want to write and be published, you know, feel free to email me at any time because we can make that happen. Cool. And so, but you do see, like, uh, we we were waiting for in downtown St. Catharines. I don't know if you've been to Oddbird or Odd oh, Bar. big time, yeah. Um, we had an article in the November, I think, November mm-hmm. issue of The Sound that you know, it previewed Odd Bar, but they weren't really ready to open for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So in January, I posted it online for the first time saying, hey, we, we did this two months ago, you know, and then, and then that, that little link uh, brought over like 2,000 people to our website 
in a span of like four days. Like it was the busiest the website's ever been. That's awesome. And it's crazy. That's like old content becomes new again. And, and that's what people are into. They want to know what, what's happening. And, you know, we're the first people to have pictures online about, you know, this fancy new pizza bar. Yeah. And, you know, people just eat it up and, you know, people are, I think people are very proud to see new cool things opening. Um, so in that respect, the entrepreneurship is very important uh, because entrepreneurship is an art as well, right? For sure. And I think that really like, I think a lot of people work and resonate with that idea of entrepreneurship and like a new business opening or a new restaurant opening aside from someone putting out a new album or an art exhibit, you know, like um, that Sandy Fairburn um, art exhibit was, was one of the most amazing art exhibits I've ever been to because I've never seen that level of engagement and incredibly well curated yeah you know uh, like people were able to interact in a a more intimate level than a lot of local art galleries are able to do their exhibits Um, especially because all of the work was featuring places that we live around right for obviously as a well-under myself now a lot of people are seeing these pictures some of them are from you know 10 years ago and they're seeing pictures of things that no longer exist or are now something new uh, and they experience it in a different way um a lot of the buildings were actually some that are touching mine, the one that we're in right now, and thinking, man, because I grew up uh, right next door at my dad's bakery, so 18 years ago, I, I used to see all the, all of these buildings and flourishing, and then I saw their downturn, and now to see them revitalized again is is amazing. So, I mean, that is a, another level of art, and seeing how it's curated is really cool. Yeah, and what I was trying to say is like that was very active engagement, but a lot of, and when you look at restaurants and new shops and everything opening, that is also considered a form of uh, active engagement where you have mm-hmm. to go out and you have to experience what they're trying to give you. But when you go to an art gallery, uh, for the most part, it's, it's very passive. You know, mm-hmm. you walk in, you kind of experience it, you look at the walls, maybe you engage with it, maybe you don't, because it's also, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's there, it's part of the space mm-hmm. and you can, yeah, you can interact if you want or not. And to see that that exhibit at Artist Hell was 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 mind-blowing to me just seeing mm. like wow, everybody here is just like, you know, st- sticking around for a long time and just like really very mixed get- demographic too. Yeah. And so that that's cool too where you, you kind of see it all and and you know, you go to different concerts and you see a crazy level of engagement, but you go to concerts where there's 10 people and everyone's just kind of there cuz their friends are playing and just trying to support. <laughs> I've and been there so on both there, sides. There's, there's a crazy spectrum <laughs> that exists where um, it's hard to tap into what people are going to be excited about and how people are going to relate to these different pieces that uh, people are creating. And it's, it's really interesting to, interesting to watch, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's really cool, man. I, that's a great perspective on that. I, I've always been curious um, about print media and in particular, newspapers. I have always really loved them, um, and I still to this day read them, and my number one is the sound. I, I look at it all the time because I think the one thing that draws me the most to it is the dates, like the show dates, right? Showing people what's coming up in the next month for shows. Uh, I I think that's really special because when you're online now, even though you have so much information always easily accessible to you, nothing's curated, right? So your buddy will post something and unless you put it in your calendar, you're going to forget it. What's cool is you can take a page out of the sound and stick it on your board or on your fridge with a magnet or tack it in the wall and you've got like 
every possible concert you could think of in the region, whether it's in somebody's basement or in a restaurant or on a patio or in, in a, a huge venue. Uh, and it's really cool that you're able to find those. There's some of my friends in music. I didn't even know they were playing at some places, right? Uh, and I know obviously someone very close to you, Mel, right? Yep. I saw playing um, at Merchant Ale House coming up, which is really cool, right? Unless that just passed or no, no it's, it's coming up. It's Come, this Saturday. Yep. That's what I thought so. Um, it's really cool. Like you get to see things that you wouldn't normally see all in one place. Yeah, and that that's something that I thought was very important uh, for me when I first started. That that was like a main fixture in the very first issue that I've done. And so, so today, um, I know that it's the 20th. And the 20th is always the day that I have to go because it takes about five days to get people to respond to you. And I have about 20 venues that I reach out to. And then some I pull from websites. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some people are good at being active on their websites and some aren't. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, about 20 venues that I have to pull from and to to create that list. And it's it's a pain in the ass. It's a lot of lot of work. But it's one of those things that I thought was very important. Like this is what ties people together. This is how people get engaged. This mm-hmm. is how people know what's going on. Because like, uh, I click on interested to every event that comes up on my Facebook feed only so I could pull it back for my listings. But if you aren't active in that way, there's so much going on that you, you'd never even know unless mm-hmm. there was a curated or I wouldn't say curated because it's, I print whatever's given to me, yeah, yeah. but, uh, without a list, it, it is very hard. And I have tons of people where I go and introduce myself and uh, I see them ring the sound, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, oh, yeah, we take this home and we put it up on the fridge every month. Yeah. And like, that's what it's there for. And it's really cool, isn't it, to hear that people are doing that with something that you created? Yeah. I, I think that's amazing. You had touched on something that I want to go back on a little bit, maybe expand on it. So you were talking about um, passive and active engagement. So talking about the difference between a restaurant and a venue or an art gallery. I'm in the food business. I'm not a restaurant. I'm a cafe, but we serve a good amount of food here. And, and the style is you, you order, you eat, you pay, you go home, right? Or you don't. You go somewhere else. But what I've always found bizarre to me, because I'm not an active musician anymore. I still play at home, but I'm not playing shows anymore. When I was, and I was playing at different venues, I always found it bizarre that people thought that they could haggle or uh, not just that, but but also expect it for free. So like even at Artist Hell, I mean, that was such an amazing exhibit. I, I feel as if people should have to pay. And the same as a restaurant, if you're unhappy with your meal, you get refunded or you don't get charged and you go home, right? And, and maybe you try a different art gallery and, and do the same thing with, with art, right? So you go in, you view it. If you like it, you put the money in a box. If you don't, you don't. And I know they gave the option and they had drink sales and things like that, but I find it mind-boggling that people treat things that, in my opinion, uh, especially art is different from food because food, I'm trying to say this more eloquently, art and food both have you know very basic levels and very experienced levels. So like you could compare a McDonald's and an odd bird to, you know, finger painting and Mozart, you know, like that kind of idea. Obviously yeah. Mozart's not a visual artist, but you know what I mean? Like when it comes to quality levels of art, but regardless with food, you're paying for it. Uh, and with art, it's not the same thing. And, and I find it bizarre that people don't just automatically feel like, like they need to support it. So to form that into a question, I noticed, uh, when I checked out your website that you have a Patreon, right? Right. And 
I, I think it's so important that people support people like you and artists and uh, musicians and dancers and comedians because without the support, they won't exist. There aren't places for them to play if you don't go out. Like even when you see Netflix specials, those are essentially free because you're only paying 10 bucks a month. Uh, but the venue and the production value in order to get them to make that whether if, even if you don't look at nothing else, it's still going to cost you $10 and that's it for something that took them three years to develop. I don't know. I'm just ranting now. I'm just so I get upset when people don't support things they enjoy just because it is free. I, I think that they should have to like there should be something inside them that compels them to uh, to pay. Yeah. And I and I totally get what you're saying, um, although I do give away something for free. I but, know you do, but, but I'm saying people should give you money. <laughs> yeah, people can give me money if they'd like to. I'd very appreciate that. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is a weird uh, dilemma where, you know, like um, the great, one of the great things about art in itself is that in its essence, it is, it is free. Art is all around us all the mm -hmm. time. Like you sit in this room and, you know, it's just art everywhere or forms of art everywhere. Yeah. And, and in that sense, you know, uh, consuming art, is a is a very free thing, but to consume one particular style or one person's art is where things get kind of uh, interesting, right? Because even like um, you know, my partner's a musician, mm -hmm. and she very rarely does uh, ticketed events. It's always like free at bars, but the bars pay. Mm -hmm. She provides the entertainment. People enjoy, drink, and they make their money back. So right? make sure you drink. Don't just get a water. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's that side of things, but then you know when she goes to release an album, you have to charge tickets and try and recoup all the costs that you spent because you're paying your musicians, you're paying, mm -hmm. you know, you're paying for a venue, you're paying all these costs. And, and a lot of people don't understand the, the inherent costs that go within creating a special night or a special event or um, a special piece of art in itself, right? So it, it is hard because, you know, uh, I am one of the guys that will try and get you know, I get invited to a lot of things, so mm. I don't, I don't expect to get in for free, you know, or anything, but if I can find a way to get in for free, I will, because I try, um, not that I don't want to give my money away, it's, um, it's just that, you know, I know that I support in very many other ways. Yours is so different, and, though. You're trading services a lot of the time, right? So right. it's the same as me as a restaurant owner, you know, like someone needs a couple eggs down the street, we give them eggs, and when, when I need flour, they give me flour, right? So it's one of those things where if you're in the industry, it's kind of that industry unwritten code where you support each other, right? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that doesn't, it doesn't help the situation for me to talk about it openly, but, <laughs> but I, I do think like, uh, you know, people should be buying more art. People should be buying more, uh, local records. People should be supporting local businesses other than, you know, you shouldn't be, you should going to the black sheep instead of going to Tim Hortons mm -hmm. because, you know, is it really that much inconvenience to step out of your car and wait two minutes in line instead of going through a drive through, you know, and yeah. that's $2 or $3 coming your way instead of into Tim Hortons, which is, you know, which is mm. actually doing pretty poorly from what I saw as well, too. It, it is. And I don't want to take away from because we need businesses like that because I don't want to be that. I don't want to offer the same services, right? I don't want to be uh, a quick kind of convenience place. I like the fact that people loiter here and they spend time. But it is true that a lot of people aren't enjoying their experiences a lot, at a lot of places like this. And for 25 cents more, you can have something that you will enjoy. Uh, and it is actually going to be faster, especially the people that wait in line at 8 o'clock. 
in a drive-thru, it's like you're there for 15, 20 minutes sometimes, right? So um, I think it's an inter- interesting conversation and there's no black and white answer because I agree also, like when you see street art, right? That's a free form of, of art and how do you give that person money is a lot of the time you don't even know who it is, right? Um, but for instance, and, and this is coming from someone who, you know, I want your money, right? I want you to come here and spend money, uh, support my staff and my business and, our, you know, the products that we sell. Um, but instead of, you know, going th- out three times a week, if you know you're going to see a show, you know, go out twice that week. And the third time when you go to that show, give that extra money that you would have bought a sandwich with and buy an album or buy a T-shirt or pay a cover. I think that kind of stuff's important to spread the love a little bit. Um because again, uh, for instance, with us, you know, we used to do a lot of music here when we were open at night. Now that we're open during the day, we do a lot less. Uh, but that's because a lot of the same people are playing at a lot of the same places. Um, and it's hard for people to choose between, am I going to go to Boston Pizza where they have 17 TVs and a giant bar and a pool table and live music all at the same time and I can have a drink? Or am I going to go have a coffee and watch someone play acoustic guitar? It becomes difficult. They really need to love that artist. And so... If people love that artist and they love the black sheep, why wouldn't you come here and support that artist here? You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to cater to every single person in your group. So that's why it's important to have different types of venues and different times and different places. Uh, But at the same time, if you love something, you have to support it because as we're seeing now, even chains are closing. They're closing their doors because they can't make it. People aren't spending money on the things they enjoy anymore. They're trying to get it for free. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But if you really, really love something, give that person money. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I I think one of the biggest things that when having this conversation is, is, uh, you know, um, from our age group, from like the 25 to 35 group, uh, or even 20 to 40, uh, there's, unless you're like majorly successful or you're lucky enough to have like a great full-time job, you don't, uh, there's not a lot of money and there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of entertainment dollars to, to share along or, uh, you know, not enough beer money to go be <laughs> yeah, able to yeah. go and do these things where, you know, for, for me, uh, in the winter, you know, I've been living, um, hockey and snowboarding. Cause that's what, you know, that's what makes me feel good about myself. Yep. And, you know, I'm, maybe I'm consuming less, um, you know, maybe I'm going out less and enjoying entertainment, uh, as much as I would have, but you know, you have to figure out what you want to do and where you want to spend your money. And, and, it, and it's tough. It's, it is really tough to try and figure out what you want to do. And there's so much going on that you never want to have that stupid fear of missing out. For sure. And like when we do decide to go out, especially as like a group and one guy doesn't come along, you know that all three of us are texting and be like, why don't you come out today? You know, we're all out and this is going to be the best time because, you know, we only do this twice a month. Yeah. Making them feel like crap yeah. that they didn't come out. Uh, well, you know, I, I want to know too, cause I never really touched on it is we talk about a lot about you know where you came from from the start, but we didn't necessarily talk about the start of the sound. So how did you get to the point where you were doing one thing and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this today and this is the project that I'm going to do. Um, how did you find out where to get newspapers printed? How did you figure out what you wanted to do? Well, it's all kind of like a long, a long short story. Um, but it's pretty easy to lay it out in the way that I see it as like the history of my... Um, you know, adult life or something. Mm-hmm. But I w- grew up working at the Sunrise Records at the Penn Center. Yep. I always loved music. I played in bands. I worked there from 16 to 28 for 12 years while I went through high school and university. When I was in university, I worked for the school newspaper, the Brock Press, mm-hmm. as the arts and entertainment editor. Cool. And uh, I was kind of set up to uh, become the editor 
uh, after graduation, but I took that opportunity to go to New Zealand for a year, which was great. I don't, um, you know, looking back, maybe m might not have been the best career <laughs> choice, but um, I still ended up with a newspaper, so it all worked out. But then I came home and I was working at the Shaw Festival for a couple of years. And uh, I was working seasonally and then working, you know, I worked at Mate Cafe. I still worked at the record store. And it was all just like, what am I, what am I doing? You know, I got to figure something out to make myself feel happy about the work that I'm doing. You know, I, I'm pretty content, a nice guy. I could smile and do a menial job. You know, I work at the LCBO. You know, it's pretty, um, not to downplay that job there. It's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's full of interesting characters. But um, yeah, I was doing it for three years. And then I found um, this Niagara College program that uh, if you were on EI, mm -hmm. you could apply for a grant program that would help you develop a business. And so I was like, sweet, I have a job that lays me off every year. This is, this is, seems too perfect. So I spent that whole summer researching, getting ready, making sure that as soon as I got out of that job, I was applying for EI yeah. and I was making those steps to get into that program, which was fantastic. That was the most money I've made in, um, <laughs> you know, five years because <laughs> they gave me a, a subsidy that was like uh, just short of $2,000 a month. Plus I was making uh, a little bit of ad money from the startup. Yeah. Um, and they taught me a lot. They, that program doesn't really exist anymore, which is such a shame because it was so great. But out of the class that I was in with 10 people, I think there's maybe two still operating businesses that came from it. And I understand that that's the, you know, the turnover is why. Well, that's exactly they, the percentage. I don't know if you realize that because, you know, out of 10, eight are gone, two are left. That's the 80, 20 rule of business, right? After, after two years, 80% of businesses die. So you're in the 20 percentile, which yeah, is really cool, great. man. Yeah, it's me and a, a lady that does a, uh, I think it's called Fit for Fit to Eat in, uh, I've Grims heard of that. in Grimsby. Yeah, it's yeah. out by the 40 Public House. Very cool. And uh, she's still going at it. And it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, like, because it wasn't, the class was easy and it was great getting paid mm. uh, to start a business and great to have a dual income coming in because that's how I got my computer, my recording software, you know, a camera. Because you have this like expendable money to build a yeah. business, which was absolutely fantastic. And I haven't seen that kind of money since, <laughs> since I started, which is kind of sad, but for now, yeah, for now you're on the upswing, man, which is amazing. And I think it's important to highlight that you created your own opportunities, right there. These things existed. And, and I, I try to stress that to people all the time with this and in normal life too, is you may not know that the opportunity exists, but there's something out there. You just got to be looking for it, right? So many people go to business school and they think that's enough. Like I got my degree. Like why isn't my business working or why can't I launch this or why can't, why can't I get a loan? It's because you're a student and you just spent all your money and you have no, no collateral. So the bank's not going to give you any money. So there, there has to be another opportunity. You have to look at things differently than other people. Otherwise, you're not going to break through um, the herd, right? You need to push yourself to the front and make sure you're the first one to grab a ticket. And that's what you did, right? You saw an opportunity, um, you figured out a plan, you executed the plan and here you are, right? It's easy in retrospect, it's 2020, right? So it's easy to look back and say, well, yeah, I did that and it makes sense. It was easy, but I'm sure at the time you were thinking, okay, man, I got to get all my papers together. I got to make sure this is filed with the government on time and that it uh, correlates properly with the Niagara College program, and I'm sure it was a stressful time leading up to it. But when you got that call saying, "Yeah, you're you're in the program," and then to find out uh, after the fact that you're getting this money, and you instead of using that money to party and mess around, you put it into buying a computer and getting your business started. Like that's 
that's exactly what it takes. That's the sacrifice and the risk that it takes to, to make something successful. Like we're, on, we're gonna hit five years and I still have never written myself a paycheck. You know, people see the parking lot full and every time you walk in here, all the tables are taken up and they're like, you must be killing it, man. I'm like, business is doing very well, but I'm not making mm. any money. And that's the reason is because instead of taking a check, I'm putting that money back into the business to grow it and make more money in the future because it's an investment, right? If you were to make content that made a little bit more money but wasn't exactly what you believed in, over time people would feel that and stop picking up a copy of it and then your numbers would be down and then you can't get the ad revenue and now you're making no money, right? Uh, but instead, you put content you believe in with good writers and good artists, and now more and more people are picking up a coffee or, or a copy, sorry, or clicking online. Same thing is true with the black sheep, right? If we started selling cheap stuff and doing flavor shots and decaf and all the stuff I don't want to do, eventually people would stop coming here because they can get it cheaper from some, somewhere else for a product I don't believe in. And five years later, I wouldn't be able to be putting money back into the business to grow it. So I think that authenticity and that drive and that sacrifice and the compromise really goes the long run. And, and you notice the payoff. hundred percent. Uh, you know, like I, I know when I'm, when I'm working hard, um, you see, and like I, I joke, I talk about it with my partner, uh, Melissa. Uh, I'm like, when I'm, when I'm on it and I'm working hard and I'm scheduling all this, the stupid social media stuff, you notice the numbers working. Oh yeah. You know, all of a sudden you're, you're growing, like I get, um, the highest, you know, I'm averaging about 5,000 hits a month, which is, which is great. But there was a long period of time where I was only getting like maybe 2000. And so watching that grow and the effort that you put into kind of cultivating that is so, so worth it. And I notice when I get lazy, I notice when maybe I, I get into like a, you know, Thursday night, you know, it's your friend's birthday party tonight and then you know i'm gonna go out tomorrow <laughs> night and then my girlfriend's playing at my favorite bar on saturday night and sunday night we got playoff hockey and a staff party and you just kind of monday night you got darts and you just end up like having too much to do and maybe drinking too much or partying too much having too much fun and you forget about the work that you're doing you notice the results slow down for sure and consistency and, is key in, in business, right? Like, especially with social media and the, the way the algorithms are right now on Facebook, especially like in order for people to see your stuff, it needs to be the same all the time, consistent and not even just consistent on your end. It needs to be consistent on the consumer end because if they're not engaging and connected with it, it's going to start drowning and then it's impossible to float back up to the top. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a tough game to play. It's, mm -hmm. it's so weird. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a friend that uh, is a social media coordinator for a company so I get a lot of free advice but um, <laughs> awesome but it is it is so weird and if you kind of let yourself like work on these things it is such a silly concept to think that we have to engage in this social media game mm -hmm. um, but I, I do notice that like when I when you focus on it you keep up with everything and you're and everything's just kind of rolling like clockwork uh, people pay attention to it and I notice that when I'm working when I give the perception that a lot is going on and, and I'm keeping up with it, that's when I notice that I get a new client. For sure. Or, you know, you start noticing, oh, our website's up, you know, 50 people, 50 hits a day from last week because this is rolling along, you know? And, and it's, it's quite confusing to watch and kind of understand <laughs> that, like, that's part of, part of the job nowadays just trying to get people interested in what you're doing. Awesome. It's the yeah. biggest, I think that's the biggest uh, hurdle is to try and get people interested in what you're doing.
So that's that's a great way to segue to the end of this thing because we're already uh, coming up on the end. It's crazy. Um, what do you wish or hope, I should say? No. What would you like for people to get out of the sound the most? What do you think is is the thing that you that you wish that people will just take out of it and enjoy the most? Well, I, I think that like uh, one of the coolest things about the sound for me is and to watch is so I print uh, just short of five thousand copies. Um, and they get delivered, you know, maybe like, uh, three quarters to local businesses and, you know, local places, but then a quarter of it gets delivered to like tourist spots. Cool. And so I think that one of the coolest things about watching people see the sound is showing that like every month it's a highlight on Niagara and mm-hmm. what's going on here. And for a tourist to come in and see that and be like, oh yeah, Welland's actually pretty cool. St. Catharines pretty cool. Niagara Falls is pretty cool. For people to see that is, is so rewarding mm-hmm. and I think that's what I want people to understand that like we are very fortunate to live in a very special region where there's a lot going on and you know we our region is you know a very blue collar region like you you go to Niagara Falls you see um all like the urban despair or whatever you want to call it yep. like and even in Welland there's a lot of that too there's a lot of old buildings a lot of things that are kind of falling apart look across the street yeah you know, and St. Catharines is kind of maybe the opposite right now. St. Catharines is becoming a cool city again. It's, but, a very, it's becoming a very cool city, but they've got their issues too. Yeah, right? With, and uh, so, so there is a lot of doom and gloom in this region, but there's also, in counterpart to that, there's also so much cool things going on. And I just want people to understand that, like, you know, live, breathe, and eat, and enjoy where you live because there's, there's no reason to not feel proud of where we live and all the amazing things that are coming out of it. The grass is greener on this side. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. So listen, end of the podcast already crazy. Uh, most important thing, because I want people to give you all of, all of their money, uh, is where can they find what you're doing? Uh, your website, social media handles, and, uh, he may not say it, but I'm going to keep saying it. Go to his Patreon, which is linked on the website and make sure you support it if you love it. So where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find us uh, at our website, thesound.rocks. Uh, we do a physical newspaper every month that's delivered to uh, over 200 businesses throughout the Niagara region. You can come pick one up here at the Black Sheep Lounge. Yeah, that's right. Um, or you can send me an email at thesoundstc at gmail.com, and I can tell you where the closest spot is. I love it, man. Or sign up for our Patreon account, and I'll deliver it to your door <laughs> with a smile. <laughs> I, I got to do the top tier then. Make sure you're going to be showing right up at my house here. Well, you guys are listening to Above the Mug. Again, it's a podcast that highlights positive people. And we're here to show you how you can use your passions to live your life passion forward. Today, again, thank you very much to Chris Illich for being here, uh, founder, owner of The Sound. Again, he said monthly newspaper that highlights everything arts and culture in Niagara. Thanks for being here, brother. Thank you so much. I All appreciate right. it. Anytime. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, friend. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Above the Mug. For more episodes, check us out at AboveTheMug.com. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, review, comment, tag your friends. This way you're not the only person listening to this thing. We come up with a brand new podcast every Sunday at noon, so we'll see you next week on Above the Mug.